Create an Unstoppable Life, Episode 101. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome. Amazing. Triple digits for the podcast. So many thanks to Dr. Aaron Wiseman of Burnt Out to Badass Coaching Program and Dr. Me First Podcast for guesting with us on episode 100. In honor of triple digits, I have fired myself from editing the podcast. It's true. The editing team of Eric and Nathan from Dr. Podcast Network, they're taking over. Thank you, gentlemen. And on with our show. Is your world opening up? And are you ready for it? Here in Texas, we're in between. Some places are maskless. Others require masks. Some places are hosting events openly. Others are virtual. It's fascinating. And there's lots of opinions on what should be. I use the word should intentionally. Over the past year plus, life has been different. Unusually different. Likely more quiet unless you're on the front lines. More responsibility, less routines, less events outside the home, less people around, different. It brings challenges and benefits and probably more time to think about both. One thing that has come up over and over again is worry. The pandemic has offered so much to worry about. Our jobs, careers, businesses, schooling, anywhere from early child development like daycare all the way up to professional school, the pandemic, worrying about health questions or scares. Like every time your nose was stuffy, did you wonder, is this COVID? Who could I have gotten this from? How about other worries like vaccine safety? I'm sharing this here on purpose. I believe in it. I received the first vaccine dose on December 24th. And I'm still as a hospitalist seeing hospitalized patients with devastating COVID infections like adults of all ages who didn't get vaccinated, and it's heartbreaking. My family's vaccinated. I hope yours is too. Back to worries. Parenting, like are we doing good enough? Money, access to resources, relationships with our spouses or partners. Most things shared in the media, in fact, pretty much anything shared in the media, including social media, has the potential to create worry. That's quite a list. It's just the beginning. More reasons to worry in the past year than a very long time. And worry, it's part of the human experience, amplified by the pandemic experience. Are you exhausted from it? Are you tired of hearing yourself say, I am just a worrier? I can't help it, it's who I am. Are you tired of hearing others say it? The opening up of our communities and the world invites in more worry. It might sound like, Will the vaccine be effective enough? Should I or shouldn't I be around those who aren't vaccinated? Should I or shouldn't I allow my kids to fill in the blank? And notice worries on both sides. When things are challenging and our mind doesn't know what to do, worry comes up. When things are going too well, our mind comes up with things like, when's it going to end? When's the shoe going to drop? It's going too well. Worry on both sides. You see how it works, right? Like worries like mayhem from the Allstate commercials. 
It's waiting, it's showing up everywhere, it's looking for a place to fit in or a job to do. We high achievers, we're driven and focused. We have tendencies towards overworking and setting the bar exceptionally high, like perfection's the only option, there really is nothing else available. Could this maybe contribute to a perpetual state of worry? Absolutely. We fall into the trap of believing when this happens, then I won't have to worry until the next thing. If it wasn't for this, I wouldn't be worried until the next thing. When this is over, I won't be worried until the next thing. Sometimes we even tell ourselves, I'm a better human because I worry. Or, I only worry because I care. Or, it makes me a better doctor when I'm worried about my patients. I've told myself all of that over and over again, and here's what it did. It created more worry. It led to finding more things to worry about. It led to less sleep and more disrupted sleep. And imagine this, it never created a stronger doctor, ever. Smile. The perpetual state of worry, here are the costs. Missing out on the beauty of this moment, this day. Not seeing what you do know or what you can do. And lost opportunities to fill your time and your mind with stuff like reading a book or maybe writing a book. Going back to that belief that worry is necessary. Notice it keeps worry going and invites in more things to worry about. Like have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you're sharing your worry and then they respond and now you've picked up five more things to worry about that you didn't consider? It's like picking up more rocks to carry because clearly you didn't have enough. Another smile. So what does worry bring up? First, all or nothing thinking. It's this or that. Nothing else is possible. Nothing else is good enough if this doesn't happen. If my child is not accepted into West Point, she'll never become a general officer. All or nothing. Worry likes to bring up or create a powerless state. It tells us there's nothing we can do. All we can do is think about it over and over and over again. It also brings up doubt that we're doing it right, saying it right, that we made the right decision. Doubt in ourselves, maybe doubt in others. It leads to isolation, not wanting to be around others, not inviting others into the conversation, just carrying the worry, adding to the worry. And finally, fear. The worst case scenarios immediately become real. Let's switch over to biology for a moment because it's super cool. Specifically talking about cells. And cells are so regulated. They regulate what they take in to help the cell function the way it does. They regulate how to get rid of waste products or something that they produce to support the body. There's a system for it. And cells have controlled regulation meaning how often they divide. That's a healthy cell. It's controlled. It's regulated. Worry is like a cell that's lost its control cycle. It just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. So instead of one small, we have huge amounts of several worries. And we lose sight of how big the worry actually is. Like a very tiny thing, a low consequence thing can become huge. I'm worried we won't use all the milk. Pretty low consequence. A tiny worry can easily become a giant monster. 
One worry leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next, invites in more, more of that all or nothing thinking, more reason to destroy our confidence. Are you a worrier? Would you like to think differently about yourself? Because that's where change starts. When you stop labeling yourself, I'm a worrier. When you stop attaching worry to your identity. And here's some options instead of, I'm just a worrier. You can see yourself as having worry as a default tendency. You can look at your mind as easily going to worry during stress or uncertainty. You can remind yourself, I used to worry endlessly and now I'm learning a new way. One tiny step to re-identify yourself, think differently about yourself, taking a step back and instead of being in the problem, you are looking at the problem. Instead of standing in the pouring rain, you step back underneath the shelter and you watch the rain. It's quite a different experience. If you believe that worry is a default tendency, it allows you to simply see where your mind goes naturally with very little prompting, so that when it happens, it's not a surprise, and you can be kind to yourself, you can be gentle with yourself, you can remind yourself, oh, of course, my mind is going there, and you can even explore what's happening that prompted the worry. What uncertainty am I facing? What doubt do I feel? What fear seems so real right now? What new thing is my mind perceiving all kinds of risk from? If you watch a small child and they approach a table of food, where do they naturally gravitate? Is it towards the pastries or the kale? Is it a surprise that they're going to choose the pastries? Of course not. It's not personal. It's a default setting to go to what looks more appealing, to go to what is easier. If you had to guess, why does worry show up for you? For many, it's a way of responding to uncertainty, fear, doubt, stress, and then it invites in its friends judgment, comparison. Our mind is so good at coming up with the worst possible scenario, like immediately when we're worried. We see it, we feel it, we believe that there's a near 100% certainty that it's going to happen. Let's play for just a moment. Where does your mind take you? Your child is late, they're not answering their phone. Where does your mind take you? The doctor says, hmm, during an exam. Where does your mind take you? The car has a new noise and the check engine light is on. Where does your mind take you? There's an imminent hail warning and no cover available for your vehicle. Where does your mind take you? Is it to a place of relaxed, confident, or a worry? A worry about something that's huge, not something simple. And those were four very simple examples out of millions that are available to us as humans. Worries like junk food. It can be found almost anywhere and it's cheap. It'll fill your stomach, satisfy your hunger for the moment, and then likely lead to feeling like garbage. Which is a different experience than high-quality food. For that high-quality food, you have to create it or locate it, and you have to be willing to pay for it. Worry is easy to default to and stay stuck in. And moving out of it into a place of confidence, certainty, trust, grace, there's a cost to it. It's called having to give up worry. In a recent coaching call, I said to the client, to get something, you have to give something up. You can't pick up confidence when glued to your chest is doubt. 
You can't promote your business genuinely when you believe that selling is cheesy and wrong. You can't share your story if you believe it isn't good enough and nobody wants to hear it. To have a different life experience requires giving up the old stuff, the hurt stuff, the grudges. To get something, you have to give something up. You may want to know how. How do I do that? It's like everything else, my friends. Who do you need to become to stop worrying or worry less? Is it someone who trusts that it will all work out? Is it someone who sees worry as a waste of resources? Is it someone who sorts through the worry to find the parts that are instructive, the things you can learn from, take action on, and move on from? Like here's an example. I'm worried we won't have enough to cover the payroll next month. Here's what you can do. You can look at the numbers, talk to the accounting people, take action based on what you learned, and let the worry go and focus on what you can do and what you do know. Back to who do you need to become? Is it someone who believes they can handle anything? Someone who doesn't need to control the world around them? Someone who grants grace and kindness for the natural tendencies and then gets back into a focused place? To get something, you have to give something up. To get control of worry, you have to give up believing you can't change. To develop peace, you have to let go of the comfort of worry the safety that you believe exists in worry. To develop deep friendships, you have to let go of the worry that you're not good enough. These are the starting places, and we can only take ourselves so far. To get something, you have to give something up. It might be the belief that you have to do this alone. Have you ever seen a house with landscaping that is so overgrown, like the bushes become small trees? The weeds are taller than the fence. The vines are growing into the windows, into the attic. One person tackling all of this can take years. Help is needed. Sometimes our worries have grown stronger than one person can tackle alone. Help is available. Help comes in a variety of ways. Help is an answer, not a crutch. And help is a way forward. It's also all around you. Your regular doctor a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist, your faith system, an online community such as the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a coach, a mentor, your partner, a trusted friend. Help helps. And if it's not helping, choose a different type of help. At the beginning of the show, I intentionally shared how I fired myself from editing the podcast. What if we fire ourselves from worrying? Like, what if we say, that's not my job anymore? That's not who I am. That's not what I do. What if we acknowledge worry? We hear what it has to say. We remain in control, see how it can help us, and then move on to whatever's next. Very few things are solved from a place of worry. Instead, relationships are challenged or destroyed. Poor decisions are made. There are consequences to our health. Worry is not bad or wrong. And in fact, it can be instructive, just like I spoke about a few moments ago. Something to learn from. Something to use to build that muscle of recognizing it and detaching from it. Something to appreciate for the way it pops up. Like an early warning system of the mind. It's detecting change, uncertainty, doubt, or stress. Worry is human. It's never a matter of if it will come up, it will. 
It's a matter of what you do when it's here. In unstoppable life, there's a place for worry, just like there's a place for every emotion in the human experience. This one's in the backseat with the seatbelt secured so that it's nice, safe, contained. By the way, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's a great time for all of us to evaluate where we're at and to encourage the people around us to do the same. Help helps. I'm sending you all so much love, my friends, and I'll see you next time. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.